It is Friday, May 19th, 2023, and welcome to episode 222 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm Jamil Jaffer, NSI's founder and executive director, and I'm joined by Les Munson, a senior fellow with NSI and the former staff director of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, and also by Jessica Jones, NSI's deputy executive director and the namesake of a Marvel superhero series. So what's the story today? Well, look, young voters and their candidates have taken Thailand by storm. Uh, this past week, the progressive Move Forward Party, led by 42-year-old Harvard and MIT-educated uh, business executive, pulled off a stunning win, gaining 150 seats in the lower house of Thailand's bicameral parliament. In second place, with over 140 seats, uh, was another was the main opposition party, led by the 36-year-old daughter of former uh, Thai Prime Minister Thaksin Shinawatra. So we've got young leaders, young voters making a big difference. Uh, but of course, you have the military. And in order to form a government in Thailand, you have to get 376 votes in the combined parliament, which involves the 500 seat lower house and the 250 seat upper house. Problem is the military, which conducted a coup in 2006, removing Shinawatra from power and a coup again in 2014 and then changed the country's constitution in 2017 appoints the entire upper house, the entire Senate. So 250 votes are essentially in the bag for the military. Now, the military's chosen candidate, the former military coup leader, the former head of the army, uh, current prime minister, Chan Ochoa, actually has 36 votes. So they they did not succeed in this election. Um, but um, he does have those 250 votes in his back pocket. So you've got the main opposition party combined with the move, the newly successful move forward party with about 390 votes or 290 votes, I should say. You have the military with potentially 286 votes. Things are close. You need 376 to get there. The question will be who will be able to form a government? And then the question, of course, is why does the United States care? Well, one thing you might not know about Thailand is that Thailand is America's longest standing ally in Asia. We have been uh, treaty allies with Thailand since the mid 1800s. Uh, we've recently reaffirmed that commitment in 2003. Thailand became a uh, one of our major non-NATO allies. Uh, we conduct our largest uh, our largest military exercise in the Indo-Pacific, Cobra Gold, uh, with the Thai military um, and other forces. Um, and we recently reaffirmed our commitment uh, in a communique. We had a uh, secretary Blinken there last year. We had uh, defense uh, defense department, defense secretary Lloyd Austin there. Vice President Kamala Harris went in place of President Biden, uh, who was attending his grand his granddaughter's wedding. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. The Thais were actually offended by that. Um, but we have we have a strong relationship with Thailand. But as we learned about with our conversation uh, earlier this week about Pakistan, the Thais are playing a little bit of a double game. They're playing footsie with China as well. Uh, they are concerned that we are stoking uh, tensions in the Taiwan Straits by uh, the president indicating that we would back Taiwan militarily if it came to that. That, of course, is ridiculous, but it is what the Thais view of the situation is. And so given all this, the question for us today is, what do we do about an ally like like Thailand, which is uh, which is a coup government in place right now? It may have a democratic elected government coming soon. They're playing games with China all while buying F-35s from us. Jess, what do you think? Uh, I'm, I'm going to take Les's non-magic eight ball answer from our Pakistan episode, which is we have to wait and see uh, how this all plays out and what government is formed uh, and what the mili- if if the youth continues to dominate, because um, it's clearly a rebuke of the military's dominance in politics. Right. That's what we see, like 36 votes for the current prime minister. Like, that's not good. Um, if the military lets that stand right since uh, 1932, there have been 12 successful coups in Thailand, uh, seven more additional attempts. It's one of the most coup prone countries in the world. And as you point out, a 
very strong and important partner to us, right? And yet at the same time, we have already, em- we embraced Thailand and its current, I will put democratic in quotation marks, uh, government, which as you pointed out, is already, it's already decidedly pro-military. They get automatically 250 seats. They get to pick whoever. And so it's already in some ways its own military dictatorship that we are okay with calling democracy. It's also got a king, as Les likes to point out the monarchy. <laughs> um, so it's very different from here in America. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, it's been a big year, as you point out, in 2022 for Thailand and the U.S. Before that, um, Obama condemned the last coup during his administration. Trump kind of backed off the relationship, sending pretty small forces during Cobra Gold. And so China really had an opportunity to step in when we disengaged and they've become, you know, huge infrastructure, you know, providing infrastructure, military equipment, um, even though we're still a huge major trading partner and our security uh, partnership, uh, you know, it, it, it's just I think it's even more so than Pakistan. It's like our Turkey conversation. Like it's this really important strategic partner that we need. It's in this really important place geographically. So how do what do we do about that when it's also growing its ties with China? And it's not exactly showing, Demo- you know, it doesn't look like democracy the way we're used to it. So I think we have to wait and see. I think Biden's going to be in a really hard spot if a coup happens um, this year using what? Putting down protests with Chinese military equipment. Like, what do we do about then? Hopefully that's not yeah. in the Magic 8-Ball future. Justice of the of the chill out and wait. I mean, are you are you Netflix and chill on, on Thailand as well? No, I think we ought to be leaning in on Thailand. Thailand's a hugely important country in an increasingly important region for us. Yes, it is playing footsie with China. It will always be playing footsie with China. It's the nature of, uh, its, its location and, uh, and the, the, the balance of power in that region. We need to be very realistic about that. At the end of the day, we do have this amazing relationship with Thailand, a very strong trading relationship, very strong cultural ties. Uh, there's a lot of Americans actually in Thailand. There's a lot of Americans who visit Thailand. Uh, there's a lot of Thai Americans. I mean, this is, this is a pretty strong relationship. I do think we need to be a little bit more sensitive to the nature of Thai society. There is a king that is, while uh, ostensibly not hugely important in public policy decision-making, is actually hugely significant culturally and otherwise. We should recognize that. And so a coup in Thailand has a different connotation there than it does for us. And I'm not saying coups are good at all. And if there is a coup, we ought to condemn it and we ought to be promoting democracy. But let's Let's continue to embrace Thailand. It is it is a really uh, important linchpin for our competition with China, and we'd be foolish to make short term decisions about the relationship because of uh, events on any given Wednesday. We ought to be thinking long term in Thailand. You mean any given Friday, Wes? Any given Friday. Today is Friday. That's correct. <laughs> and uh, look, I, I, I actually think Les is right on this one. Um, and, and I, I think that we ought to lean in and, and the ties have, have challenges in their democracy. Jess, you're absolutely right. There is no question this coup prone democracy is not a great thing, but at the end of the day, they have their way of, of, of deciding who's in power. Uh, and to Les's point, the monarchy is actually really important, even in politics. I mean, the fact the monarchy backed the 2014 coup, the fact that the, that the current military coup-ish government, um, is royalist, um, is part of What's going on? And there's this whole, you know, red shirt, yellow shirt thing going on in in uh, in Thailand between those that support uh, the populist movement uh, led by these two young people uh, running these two opposition parties, uh, and those that support the monarchy and the and, and the military. And so there is there has been this long tension. There is some theory that maybe uh, the election of this new candidate, this this leader of the Move Forward party, uh, might break the red yellow uh, shirt dynamic in Thailand. I don't think that's likely to happen. I think less. Uh, you know, we were talking a little earlier that you're right that some of this goes back to long-standing debates in, in Thai politics. And so uh, we're going to see how this plays out. Uh, well, look, 
Folks, that's a wrap. Uh, thanks to Brooke Agkhan uh, from NSI and Claude Jennings for the help in producing today's episode. Join us again on Monday for another episode of Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security debates shaking up America. As you all know, if you're regular listeners, we are up on YouTube, so you can watch us and see our faces on video if you want to on NSI's awesome. YouTube page. Pretty amazing. And if you like what you heard, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe whenever you get a chance. Thanks, everybody. See you next week.